0: and welcome to another episode in our series of podcasts, 168 things we've learned about creative marketing and we think you'll find useful to know. There's been a short gap in recording and releasing podcasts over the last two or three weeks. It was August, people were away, other things were going on, but we're back. I say we, that's not strictly true i recording yet again on my own without my business partner Chalice Croak because she is, as I have mentioned in previous episodes, demolishing a house at the moment. This turns out to be a much more complicated process than I had imagined. I did understand that she would have to empty out all her possessions which she's been busy doing. I did not know that in order to um, have the house demolished at a reasonable cost, it's advisable to remove all the wood and windows and stuff like that so that they can then basically reduce the concrete and brick to rubble and use that as the foundation for the new house. So she has been busy, as I say, packing up, but also stripping out the woodwork. And because she's very good at selling things, she managed to sell all the doors in her house before she and her partner moved out, which has meant they'd been sleeping in the house with no doors on it. I think she kept the windows for the time being. She's also managed to sell a decrepit, broken-down greenhouse that was in their garden. I have no idea how she achieved that, but I'm very impressed. So I'm learning a lot about house demolition, but that is not the point of this podcast. Storytelling has been all the rage in marketing for quite a number of years now, and before we talked about storytelling, we used to talk about brand narratives, which sound really dull. Storytelling obviously is a much more exciting term, much sexier, gets marketers into a world of TV and films and drama, which is far more interesting. But in jumping into that world of storytelling, we also find ourselves in a very competitive place. If you are given a choice between something from Netflix or Amazon Prime or a book or a film in the movies, if you're allowed to go to the movies anymore, versus a brand story. Which might you choose for your amusement and delectation of an evening? I think it's pretty obvious. Stories are all around us and they always have been. From the day we're born, we're surrounded by songs and rhymes and we're told stories or read stories from books. And then when we come come to the age where we can speak ourselves, we start telling stories too. And Stories are the foundation of our our major religions and I should note here that when I use the term story I'm making no comment on truth or falsehood. The news for example is all about stories about real events though of course how they're told has a bearing on how truthful they are but that's another story. So, of course, brands want to join in and tell their stories. The question is, as I said, how to tell them in a way that wins our attention when there are so many others vying for it. Now, there's an academic subject called narratology, as I'm sure you're aware, which deals with how stories are structured and told. And one of the things that it's been up to, one of its projects, has been to decide how many types of story there are. And one of the answers that they've come up with is there are seven. There's a book by a man called Christopher Booker, Appropriately enough, called the Seven Basic Plots: Why We Tell Stories. This is a book that I was given as a present by my business partner Mark Nor some years ago, and it is fascinating. And I noticed that uh, it cropped up on the D and A D website as well, where they used to run a course on storytelling and advertising, and they used Christopher Booker's Seven Basic Plot Types as a way into the topic. The difference, however, in my mind is when we were thinking about how to tell the stories for the brands that we work with, we weren't looking at a way to um, come up with invented stories for a a simple 30-second TV ad. What we were looking for was a true story about the brands that we work with that would have resonance and interest for its customers and potential customers And the structure of the plot is one of the ways in which you can achieve that. But there are several other things that you have to consider too. The goal being to come up with a story that isn't boring. This is a theme. If you leave it in the hands of the marketing departments of many brands, the story is going to be very boring indeed. You have to go well beyond that. And we'll talk about how you do that in a second. First of all, though, let's have a quick look at those seven story types. They are as follows. Slaying the Monster, Rags to Riches, The Quest, Voyage and Return, Comedy, Tragedy, and Rebirth. The D&AD website very helpfully identifies some of the common stories in each of those categories, and I think it's not hard to do. Slaying the Monster uh, starts with Beowulf, for those of you that know that. Dracula's another one. King Kong, Godzilla. All monsters that have to be slain. Very frequent fare in the movies. The quest. No, wait, the next one was Rags to Riches. I think the classic of that genre would be Cinderella. Uh, she starts off rich, becomes poor, i.e., she has rags, and then her ascent to riches. Well, we all know how that is achieved, and it's a very common story. The quest. There are many, many quest stories in literature. The Lord of the Rings is one. Harry Potter is frequently or uh, almost exclusively engaged in a quest. Um, Voyage and Return, I think Treasure Island would be an exact, a pretty clear example of that, where you go somewhere, you find the treasure, you come back home, you come back to safety. Um, most stories of space exploration end like that too, unless they end in complete disaster. Comedy, I hardly... I think I need to explain what a comedy is. Um, Comedy has been a staple of advertising, and in the UK we pride ourselves on the the fact that much of our advertising is in fact funny, and we laugh at the rest of the world, who we think are much more serious, rightly or wrongly. Tragedy. We all know what that is as well, and in advertising terms, of course, um, that's the terrain where most charities operate. And Rebirth, Sleeping Beauty, Beauty and the Beast... Stories where people are put under a spell and then have to come out of it and their life is transformed afterwards, those are extremely common in fairy tales. And you can see how that might apply again to advertising and to brands. If you're paying attention, I expect you might have thought, hang on, what happened to love stories? Surely romance is a key kind of story uh, to which I would say romance is kind of woven through pretty much all of the story archetypes. So how does this translate into brand stories? Well, I can think immediately of a couple of brands that fall very easily into those categories. Um, You have to bear in mind that in the case of the monster that has to be slain, the monster might be metaphorical. So if the monster is conformity, the brand that slays it is Apple. Apple's story is a quest and a monster slaying story. So the quest was for something special that the adventurers had to invent and then they used it to slay conformity. And that was overtly the story behind their 1984 launch campaign where they smashed conformist thinking. And as a result, perhaps, Apple Mac computers came to be the kind that were used by creative people where boring people used ordinary, boring PCs. And that was a division that maintained in the world until Apple became completely dominant in the 21st century and ubiquitous in all creative businesses, whether or not the people wielding them were creatives by title. Another monster-slaying story would be the rise of Virgin, Virgin Records, set out to transform the landscape of record shops and of recorded music, the monster here was the establishment. They did a good job of refreshing that, and then they Branson moved his operations into airlines. The monster there was British Airways, who may not have been slain, but he saw himself as competing directly against them as a kind of rock and roll pirate the whole time, and he used British Airways very effectively to uh, as the kind of baddie in his story. I remember once being on a Virgin flight, and there was a competition. That was launched by the uh the cabin crew, and the the woman who announced it said there'll be a prize friend who can guess the co- what would be the co- collective age of all the cabin crew if you add all our ages together, what would the total be and when she read out the answers, there was one that was very high <laughs> a very high number and she said, "Well we're not British Airways, we're virgin. it's much lower than that, which is kind of in line with their positioning as a brand anyway. So those two brands, obviously, those two brand stories fall into those plot types. Without laboring too much on the plot type, though, I want to talk about something else. If you want a successful and interesting brand story, the plot arguably is not the most important thing. If you think about the the films and the stories and the books that you have loved, yes, the plot is important. But, as Christopher Booker in his book indicated, there aren't that many different kinds of plots. But what we do really get involved with are the characters. So, a compelling character is arguably the most important thing that you can have. And this is where it all starts to get very difficult for brands. Because, in many cases, there are no characters of any interest whatsoever Involved in the story. Now that sounds like a sweeping statement. But think about the the brands that do have interesting characters. And we've already talked about two. So Virgin Records, Richard Branson, is an interesting character. Love him or hate him. And most people love him. He's very popular, or he has been for many years. And he's made it his business to be a character outside of the business of his brand. So his activities with balloons and boats and whatever else he's been up to aren't necessarily related to the business of selling airline tickets or records or whatever he happens to have going on in his actual business. It's all about creating this, as I described in rock and roll pirate character, who is against convention, does things in his own way, has a can do spirit and everything else. And it's written right through the brand. And as I said, it makes it very easy to do work with that brand. Same thing with Apple, Steve Jobs, A darker figure, arguably, than Richard Branson. Many stories told about what a difficult and demanding man he was. But what a good story that is for a brand that prides itself on producing really beautifully designed products that do the job they're meant to do. They just work, as Steve Jobs would frequently himself say. But his personality was on show periodically, always wearing the same clothes, always saying the same kinds of things, always with the same kind of manner. And as we all know, it ended very tragically for him, very unhappy story in the end. And no one has been able to step forward and fill his shoes as a character at the centre of that story, so they've really maintained his presence in the business, books are continually being written about him, and so on and so forth. But not all brands have those kind of founding figures. Or if they do, they're buried in the distant past and nobody knows anything about them. And also, the characters that we find interesting in stories are complex and brands don't like necessarily to have that level of complexity because one of the things that gives complexity is a darker side to the character. And I mentioned that in the context of Steve Jobs and it was channeled towards the story of the perfection of of Apple's products but it's not always going to work that way for you. But if your brand story is all about being good and light and happy, your brand story is going to be very, very boring. I refer you to Paradise Lost. I'm sure you've all read it. Twelve books of dense poetry written in the 17th century by a genius, John Milton. The story of Paradise Lost is the story of Adam and Eve losing their home in eden and being cast out the most interesting character in the story and bearing in mind that the characters include god jesus who obviously hasn't appeared on earth at this point but is part of the setup in heaven clearly adam the first man eve the first woman so you know rich material but who is the most interesting character In the story, Lucifer, the devil, Satan, the fallen angel, the evil one. He's the one who captures our attention every time he appears. He's the one who psychologically is the most complex. He's the one we remember. So here's a question for everyone who owns a brand. Are you prepared to put at the centre of your brand story, the Lord of Darkness? I suggest possibly not. But it's true even in comedy that you can't have everything all be sweetness and light. If you think about the, co- the comic characters that we love the most, they have also serious character flaws. They may not be evil, but quite often they might be idiotic, like Bertie Wooster in P.G. Woodhouse's books. Or they may, have, they may have an incredible level of selfishness, like George Costanza in seinfeld which if any of you are unfamiliar with george costanza is one of the most brilliant comic creations of all time and i thoroughly recommend you to get to know him in fact you can argue and it has often been argued that in comedy as well as in tragedy the spring for all of the action is the f- are the flaws in the in the main characters personalities that can lead to comic results or tragic results, depending on which way the author wishes to go. And the same is also true for romance. Romance, that is all sweetness and light, will be, again, very short and very boring. It's only exciting and interesting if there are twists and turns that are caused by the characters getting things wrong, behaving badly, doing the sorts of things that human beings do. So... I'm arguing here that for a story to be memorable and engage our attention, the plot may be important, but it's even more important that the characters are are memorable and people that we might be drawn to, interested in, fall in love with, love or hate, many of those things. And if you think about the stories that you love, quite often you won't remember many of the details about what really happened, but you do remember who the characters were, and how they made you feel. And there's the problem for a brand story. The darkness, the flaws, the missteps that people make in life are very difficult for brands to face up to and admit to. I am not saying, let's be clear about this, I'm not saying that brands need, I said this already, they don't need Lucifer to be at the heart of the story. In fact, probably a very bad idea. But what they do need is human interest. And what tends to happen is that the people in charge of marketing at many brands try to sanitize the whole thing and get rid of the human interest and make it all sound like it's all very perfect and all very wonderful and everything's a huge success. That is not believable and it's not interesting. So your job as a creative thinker trying to come up with a brand story for your clients or your job as a creative thinker if you work for a brand is actually I think more akin to journalism than it is to anything else, because what you've got to go and do is find the human interest stories. And you've got a few places to look, none of which are in headquarters of the brand. Head office is the place where the boring people are. You've got to go out and find the story. Now, it might be among the customers of the brand, depending on what kind of brand you are, or it might be among the people who work for the company, for the brand, in the field, as it were, who, who are at the at the sharp end of the business. And those are the people you need to go and talk to, to find the stories. Or it could be in the factory where the product is made. I just said where you would go to find the stories, and that's the exact opposite of the point, in fact, because we've already established that there are only seven stories, or seven types of story, I think. But what we've also said is that the characters are what make it all come to life. Let me go back to the world of film to illustrate this point perhaps a little better. A young man is in possession of secret powers that he himself is unaware of. He is living in difficult circumstances, his home life is in, is very, very far from perfect, and he then becomes aware through uh, secret communication that these powers are in his possession, and he is summoned to a place where some elderly men, uh, and in some cases elderly women, but older people, can train him up and teach him to use these fantastic powers that he has. And the goal is that he will use those powers to defeat an enemy who represents the fulcrum of all evil in the universe. So um, you probably recognise that story. It's all about Harry Potter, or Luke Skywalker, and his secret powers. He's a wizard or a Jedi. And the elderly people who are going to teach him are Yoda or Obi-Wan Kenobi or Dumbledore and Snape and people like that. And the place that he has to go to is Hogwarts or wherever the hell it is that Yoda lives, that swampy place. And the fulcrum of all evil is the Death Star or Voldemort. Now, none of this is to say that Harry Potter or Star Wars, are just derivative nonsense. I wouldn't suggest that for a second, but what it is to say is that the plot structure is pretty similar, and what brings it to life and makes it different in each case is the characterization. So although Luke Skywalker may have these secret powers, he's not really very like Harry Potter, Um, and Dumbledore isn't necessarily like Obi-Wan Kenobi, although I think perhaps one might argue there are more similarities there than differences. Anyway, without wishing to labour the point, the plot structure is there as a support for a a group of characters, and they're the ones that we find interesting because they are real people, or they're fictional people who we find to be real. And the point here for brands is your story structure may be very like other brand stories, and that's inevitable because there are only a limited number of stories. But the characters that make up the story, who act out the story, they're yours, if you can find them. And that is the task, finding the people who will act and do things to bring your brand story to life. And if you can find people who are interesting, appealing, attractive, flawed, difficult, whatever it may be, and you can find them working in the ranks of your company or among the customers or out there in the world, and you are prepared to tell those stories, even if they aren't all sweetness and light, then you will have an interesting brand story to tell. That is what the brands that we so much admire often have. And if you want it for your brand, you're going to have to do the journalistic legwork of going out to find out what really happens on the ground. But it'll be an interesting journey. And it is possible that you will then arrive at things that make your brand unique and different and stand out from the crowd and be memorable and all those things that you would want. That's my recommendation. Go and do the legwork. I hope you found this an interesting discussion of storytelling. If there can be a discussion where there's only one person discussing, um, please make comments if you wish, ask questions, contribute. Uh, That would be great. And other than that, I look forward to joining you again soon with another podcast in our series, 168 Things We've Learned About Creative Marketing. Thank you very much. If you like the show, give it a rating, give it a review, subscribe, and most of all, tell everyone to listen to it. We would welcome many, many more listeners. Thank you very much. And by the way, our theme music is by William Kitcat, as I think I may have mentioned more than once. And he and a friend have now released an EP that you can find on Spotify. You have to search for either KitKat, his name, or Moonbow, as in rainbow, but Moonbow. It's very jazzy. It's very cool. Go and have a listen.